was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far. Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The Braves and Warriors are in their beds. The sun has gone down over the bunks, and it's time to find out what happened today. Today was supposed to be an alphabet day C. It was supposed to be a normal program day. It was the 2nd of August, 2019. HOD today was Johnny. Flags were brought to you by Brian Padilla. There were no birthdays, and it was an awesome 85 degrees all day long. With a steady breeze coming off the lake. It was great. Supposedly, according to the blue sheet, we were supposed to have council and station schedule changes after lunch. Warrior schedule changes after dinner. And of course, anytime it's this hot, sunscreen and water is our normal announcement. Laundry day today. Co, Katahdin, roll away. Tomorrow, Kennebago, Traveler, Kineo, and Tumbledown. Staff and campers were supposed to report this evening for a campfire. On deck was supposedly Braves group night, Warriors bunk night, Council Sachem bunk night, and supposedly in the hole there was supposed to be group night. Is that what happened? No, it is not. Sometime back in the day, Griff, Michael Griff Griffin needed to find out a way to make groups, functional, feasible groups, out of the hodgepodge of campers at different ages and the different the relative sizes of different ages. So maybe there were more 10-year-olds than there were last year. It wouldn't work just to have the oldest Braves versus the oldest Braves one year and the next year the same because those numbers change and ebb and flow and you want a nice even team. You want a nice even contest. So he created groups. Usually... At about 160, 170 boys, there's enough boys for group one, group two, group three, group four, group five, group six, and then the legendary group seven. Group seven, if you were a camper, is what you are aiming for. You want to make it all the way to group seven. Your sachem year, you're guaranteed to be in group seven no matter what the draft looks like. So group seven is the hallmark. And yet, this year, we did not have too few kids we had too many for seven groups back in 2014 we only had group two at the bottom there was no group one i've even seen records where there's only group three only group three seven six five four three well recently we've been flush with wonderful boys and that means we've had a full complement of one through seven and this year here it comes 196 campers in second session we no longer can just stuff all 196 campers into seven groups. The Sachem figures this out in the early fall. And they're displeased, horrified, shocked. They've been waiting their whole life, literally their whole life, not even an exaggeration. Their whole life has been leading up to this moment where they get to be group seven. And now, group eight, 
They got skipped. It's like it's like accidentally jumping through some sort of portal and landing on landing in the bonus zone that you weren't ever planning to be or some crazy thing like that. It is it is not the end they had in mind. It's even better than that in my opinion, but it's not group 7. So at first politely and then more vociferously and then with a little bit of the rolling of the eyes there was this rivalry that built up between me and the sachem who i love and who i think love me back they probably would smile if they're listening to this about whether there's going to be a group eight there was a poster that was put up in the dining hall that said don't mess with our heaven keep group seven a few others like that written on old bed sheets of course because you know rebellion and uh I'll tell you what happened today. What happened today is that a whole chant went up. Two, four, six, eight. We hate group eight. Two, four, six, eight. We hate group eight. And the night before, there was a kitchen raid, maybe. And there was chip witch wrappers strewn all over the triangle. And the we hate group eight flag was up instead of the flag. And this rivalry had the attention of the other campers. They start. We hate Group 8. They start chanting around the dining hall. They start a conga line of protest. I bet you've never seen one of those before. Everybody laughing and smiling. Two, four, six, eight. We hate Group 8. We hate Group 8. We hate Group 8. All the boys, all the gleeful warriors and braves jump out of their seats. Anything to not be in their seats. And get in the conga line. And they go around and around and around and around. And eventually I get them quieted down. A little barking here and there. Flashes of lightning from the eyes and so on. Everybody's sitting down. And I ask one of the legends that has joined us as the, for the ramp up to Color War, the legends, Scott Defeu, legendary general in his own right, high school teacher down in Florida, a man among men to explain to the sachem in front of everybody why tradition is important, but also evolving with our time is important. He gets up, he starts a very eloquent lecture about how you have to change incrementally As traditions evolve, so do institutions and vice versa. And then all at once, he stabs me in the back. He turns to the sachem and he says, you know what? I thought a lot about it. And I actually think we should only have group sevens. Tradition is tradition. And everyone loses their mind. The whole place goes ballistic. And then suddenly, boom, boom, two cannons. We will rock you. It's a break. It's a break. It's color war. Everyone runs to the Kaaba Dome. They go inside, there's teams on the walls, they're so excited about it, and then the sachem appear on the balcony, and they have water balloons, it is a fake break, the whole thing is a fake, this 2468 group 8 thing was a fake, it's all a lie, water balloons are flying, everyone's laughing and saying, boo, 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 and they go right back to rest hour, when will this all break? Not 30 minutes later. The fire bell goes off. Da-ding, 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 da-ding. It's time for our fire drill. We haven't had one yet this session. We're going to have a fire drill. Da-ding, 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 da-ding. Everybody thinking something is up runs to the fire drill area, which is the football field. There's a van parked there. Why is the van there? Oh, it's a van orientation to how to get out of a van if it's it's been immobilized in a safe way. And there's all this safety talk. And the kids are like, oh, it's actually a fire drill. Some of them are still suspicious, but... Seems pretty fire drilly. They're sitting in the hot sun and bored and annoyed. The camp director, who shall remain unnamed, is dithering and jibber jabbering about how to get out of a van safely and not all get stuck in the door. And they hear this weird sound. 
It sounds like a really large fan, maybe a large fan that's flying, maybe a large fan that's flying and is attached to a helicopter because it's a helicopter rotor. It flies over the football field and everybody starts to get to their feet. This must be it. And then it disappears. Then it flies back. Everybody runs over to the outfield fence. It shoots something out of its belly. White balls of some type. They fall on the, in the infield. And then it lands and two figures get out. Who's that figure in gray? Who could it be? Who could it be? It's James Medcalf. General of the gray team. Yet to be unnamed. Another figure appears in blue. Holding two hatchets. Is, is it? It's Jamie Miller. He is our head of soccer. Everyone goes crazy. And then when they see that they're the hatchets, everyone <laughs> takes off for the Cabo Dome again, even though we intended them to stay on the outfield. They just run away to the Cabo Dome, so I have to go make an announcement. Everybody can please run back to the outfield. Everybody runs back to the outfield. Gleefully, they don't seem to notice. They jump over the fence. Helicopter leaves. Three cannons. We will rock you. And we are off. 2019 Color War. Color War 33, just in case you're counting. It all starts with the break. Sportsmanship talk, and then suddenly we are at the hatchet ceremony at the big tree in the Warriors field. Dig up the hatchets, talk about to the boys that this is what matters in color war. Not only what you do, but how you do it. Everyone is watching. We're going to push you beyond your normal limits and see who you are when you're past those limits. And by that we mean, how are you when stakes are high? How graceful are you? How merciful? How good under pressure? How generous when winning? How resolute and calm after a loss? All of those things. The staff relay happens at 4.30. It goes down to the nanosecond. So the split is a big deal. The split is where... Um, Griff and Tom get heights, weights, foot sizes, free throw percentages, all that stuff buried into the and baked into the uh, the planning for color war so that the teams, the, the groups in individual one through eight, because that's a real thing, group eight, are exactly even. There it was, the staff relay down to the very, very last single second. Jozo from maintenance, swimming like mad to catch up to baby Dan from the waterfront. And literally, they're jumping out of the water. They both jump out of the water and try to run, but they're so tired, they collapse back in the water, and they start trying to swim, but they're swimming in rocks, so they stand up and run again. It looks like they're fleeing some sort of alligator in the water, and they they come out, and Jozo lurches forward to try to tag the, the red team's hand that would signify winning the relay, and Baby Dan just leaps instead of lurches, and he just outtouches him barely. And that has been the theme here in the first day of Color War 33, Round one, combined baseball throw for the group one, group two had cross country, so did group three. Group four had around the bases, group five had tennis, group six had climbing, archery, and squash, group seven had soccer, group eight had a 
a really amazing volleyball game, and then the staff had basketball. This is when you see it, Cobbesy families. This is when you see the magic because the staff, maybe back in their intramural games and their college teams, maybe they aren't as graceful. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But here, with the boys watching, they do not. They are not chippy. They are composed. They show a lot of poise. They show a lot of example. And it was a close game right into the final minutes. Blue pulled ahead and won, but not not without a fight. It was a dogfight, but it was not messy, and it was not nasty. It was something else. It was elevated. So that is our informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbesee for boys. Your boys will go to sleep tonight with the electricity of the first evening of Color War buzzing through them, good counselors watching over them, nodding off, surrounded by their friends and comrades and opponents, loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart. Yours always.